Hello and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Soul Fared. I am Katie. I'm Joe. And today we're talking about the 2020 Tony nominations, which as we're recording this happened this morning. Yeah. And so many thoughts. So, so many thoughts. <laughs> there's been a lot to just be considered on um social media a lot of people and i'll 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 go ahead i'll put myself in that boat i didn't think that we should do the tonys this year but then you know because i'm like there was only four there's only four musicals that are eligible for a tony nomination but there are so many plays like right like frankie and johnny and the claire de lune that opened last summer I, I literally forgot that, that it was eligible for this year. Like, I was like, I thought that was last year. <laughs> like, I literally completely forgot about it. So did I. And that's why I think that we should. I, that's one thing I'm, I'm excited about for this year's award ceremony is there will be a big focus on plays. Because mm-hmm. plays... And I think that's great. A lot of plays opened this season. A lot of musicals didn't. Because musicals like to push that spring opening mm-hmm. which is like and my whole thing with the plays is i thought isn't speaking of frankie and johnny the claire de i literally thought it was so like i almost i started crying when they announced that one because i was like oh parents <laughs> like i was like getting really really focused on like rest in peace because he's so amazing and i missed him and he was like one of my favorite artists of all time like he was a phenomenal writer so like i got really emotional but i was like how special is it that like his play like the revival of his play was getting nominated now I, like i think it's really exciting i think it's so exciting and audra mcdonald is yes! could potentially she could potentially win her seventh tony award how exciting ah she's amazing i love uh, her michael shannon i noticed didn't get the nomination though he didn't which i found very odd but also there were a lot of people that were eligible so there were oh. so much right which then it makes sense like at that point that makes sense but like he's still i think that he's still great so i don't know but i know it's exciting so let's talk about the elephant in the room the giant snub the giant middle finger that the american theater wing gave the lightning thief the percy jackson musical and i do have some thoughts on this and i do think that I'm not surprised by it. I mean, I'm not surprised. Oh, I'm not. Because this happened last year or whatever. Was it last year with Be More Chill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year with Be More Chill. It happened last year. It's, it's almost like a slap in the face to the younger theater audience. I feel like, like, I think that The Lightning Thief, but also at the same time, I think The Lightning Thief could have had an older audience because, like, my age and older, we also grew up with it. So it's like, I feel like it was just, I don't, and I didn't hear a lot of great things about it critically, and I think that that's also a crucial point in getting Tony on. It's I like agree. you have to be talked about well critically, and Lightning Thief did not. Like it was, I heard a lot of really awful things about it. From the fans of it, I heard amazing things, and then like critically speaking, I heard some other great things. So I wasn't surprised that it didn't get any, but at the same time, kind of shocked <laughs> considering how few eligibility there was. I know, and it's it's that whole thing of should you? I saw a tweet. I can't remember for the life of me who tweeted it, or maybe it was on a Facebook comment. Uh, somebody made 
I don't remember what it, I want to say it was theater mania, but I can't be positive made a whole article about how the lightning thief was completely snubbed. And they were talking about how this could potentially and how it was, well, first how it was the only musical original. to have an original like album, but right. Does that but it's still an adaptation at the same time? So I don't like know. Like that's well, not, thing is a lot of people were saying, "What's the first original musical?" I'm like, but it's not. It's an adaptation with original music. Like there's a difference between completely original and original music. Like there are two yeah. very different things. Yeah, absolutely. And and but so it wasn't just that, but it was also saying something about how. Oh God, I wish I could remember something about giving a participatory nomination but it's like that's not what the tonys are for the tonys are right. for recognizing not they're for recognizing outstanding work whether right. or not a person an individual person thinks that the lightning thief is outstanding that's to each their own I didn't see it. I also haven't listened to a single thing from it, so I can't make a judgment. I've only heard a couple songs from it, so I don't really know much. Yeah, I haven't even heard a couple songs from it. I just wasn't right. interested in it. Right. I was, like, I, I was interested in it, but at the same time, I wasn't interested in it enough because I know it just came out at a weird time where I was so into Moulin Rouge and, like, everything else, but I didn't really think of it, like... And I couldn't go see it. Like, there was no way I would be able to go and see it. So I kind of just gave up, yeah, I guess, it, on it. And, I don't know. and it had an ending date. So it was a limited run and all of these things. So, yeah, it was. It and I think that also plays a part into it. Because, like, we talked about how the Tonys usually are for selling shows into the next year. Mm-hmm. The Lightning Thief wouldn't have had that chance anyways. And I think that that plays a part in why they didn't get nominated. Is because sorry but you're not going to come back so like mm-hmm. you have no chance of coming back so yeah. why should we nominate you kind of a thing i'm not saying that that's what i think but like i think that that was like, but, like their but like some shows have done that uh the right. 2017 revival of sunday in the park with george they said we do not want to be considered for any nomination because what's the point right and you and know that jake gyllenhaal would have got one Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, and Annalie Ashford. Without a doubt. Oh, they're amazing in that. Are you kidding me? Okay. Uh, it's wild. But, but... we discuss who got nominated. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Should we, do we want to just start at the top, the big one? The the number one, the one that everyone is talking about, except for the, yes. the person themselves? Yes, he hasn't said anything! <laughs> He hasn't said a damn thing. I also was thinking, I was like, he's also working. Like, he's filming a TV show. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if... I'm sure the news has gotten to him, but it's like, he probably still should process it before he can say anything about it. Because he's been snubbed for the last, like, 12 years. (laughs) I'm sure the news has gotten to him. He's running a show with a bunch of Broadway people. There's no way he doesn't know. (laughs) Yes. Aaron Tveit, he has been Aaron nominated Tveit. for his first ever Tony Award for Best Lead Actor in a Musical. He's also yes. the only person in that category. The, but he can still lose. 
and that bothers me. He's not gonna lose. The Tony nomination He's not going committee. To, but it's just... I know that having that like caveat is so dumb. But the Tony nominating committee or the, the American Theater Wing, I don't think, would say this person's eligible, this person's not, or I'm sorry, this person is going to get a nomination, this person won't, and just completely say, okay, this person, you're not getting a nomination. You are getting a nomination, but you're not going to win. I don't, right, and I would think that would be so, that would be beyond petty in the worst way to do that. Like, I think that there's no way that they will, but then, like, there's that small part of my brain that's, like, they're going to be reading it, and it's going to be like, oh, no one won. <laughs> Sorry. And, and the best lead actor in a musical goes to no one. Like, can, okay, no, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> right, and it's, like, but it's, so funny because I think that like what bothers me is everyone's like oh well like Chris McCarroll got snubbed and I'm like this is his first time getting snubbed if Aaron Tveit hadn't been nominated <laughs> that would have been a slap in the face there is like there is no way around someone getting snubbed every year you're gonna have to deal with that no matter what the circumstances someone's gonna get snubbed and people aren't gonna be happy about it and, and the it's big like, one that was happening Aaron one. <laughs> He's waited the, twelve years. Well, I mean, I said, I said a year ago, I said Aaron Tate will get a nomination for this, Absolutely. for this role. But we didn't think Did he'd he, win, considering no. all the shows that were going to be opening. And 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 truthfully, do I think he should have won in the given no. company? No. no. But if this is how he wins, I'm okay. It's going to have a huge I, I, as long as he gets asterisk one, next care. to it. He's going to have a huge asterisk next to it. A huge Houston asterisk. <laughs> um sorry i'm a petty dodger fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> um huge houston asterisk um but he'll, he'll still win exactly and i'm fine with it because he deserves it for all the work he's done on this show and every show he's done i think he absolutely deserves it i think he's phenomenal to watch on stage and i I'm very, 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 very proud that he got something. <laughs> I know. We're gonna and have to I put... do wish that it had been for like next normal but that's a whole other situation. Also, we are gonna have to put the video of you reacting to his <laughs> nomination on our Instagram. Put even on our no. TikTok. It's gonna be fun. I recorded myself reacting to all of them. To every nomination. So well, if you want those, I'll send those to you, Katie, because they're amazing. You're going to have to send me the full video. Because the one right after, so like right after lead actor or whatever, it was the category with Robin. And I literally, you can see me going, oh my God, shut up, it's Robin's category. Oh my God, it's Robin's category to my friends <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> because I was like, if Robin Herter doesn't get nominated, I'm going to lose my mind because she is a freaking beast on that stage. She is, she is. So I amazing. I I hate to say this, but I always forget about the dancers. <gasps> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Look, I know, and I completely understand. Like she, everybody on that stage is phenomenal. They are. They are athletes. They are. They're oh, yeah. doing the absolute most, and they should be. Yes. But I always forget 
that they're because eligible like everything... or certain members of them are eligible. Wait, and it, speaking of um, that, you bring up a good point. I feel like we should have a best ensemble category. I have been saying this for years because it is so important to recognize everybody. And I think that the best way to do that is with the best ensemble category. And I want to see that so bad because I I was so hoping that this year they would kind of like throw in something or like ensemble or something, considering what everyone's gone through. And the fact that they did was honestly kind of gut-wrenching. Like I was honestly a little bit heartbroken because I was like, these people put in so much work and they work their asses off every single show and like we see that like we see how hard they work because we also follow on social media you know like we see what they put into the show and it's so upsetting that they don't get any recognition yeah i agree um i think and they hate it i think it's it's very interesting well do you remember how when they took away the lighting design tony it was lighting right and then the uproar that caused well, they, like, and then they put it back they took they brought it back Last year, and or then this year? they started last year, I think. But then they started doing the thing where all of like last year they started doing it where those nominations, like scenic design, lighting design, all of those, like the crew esque ones, um, were done in during commercial breaks. So like last year, remember they did it with Aaron and Karen and Danny. Well, they also do it for like score. And that's really right, upsetting. which I find very weird, very very strange. It's because like I'm sorry, because I, I remember like 2016, 2015, you, you would come back from commercial break and you'd see like the clip and you'd be like, "Oh, Jason Robert Brown just won a Tony. That's Jason Robert Brown." Or in 2016, right. Lin-Manuel Miranda just won a Tony. Like, I get like, right. so, and then even sometimes they do it for choreography, and I'm like, are you? kidding me which bothers me so much like i think that it's like those are those are the most crucial aspects of these shows like without that there is no show so why would you do that during commercial breaks like i find that so freaking weird i and think it's like, disrespectful it is it honestly is and i was talking this was months ago i was talking to i want to say it was amber Ardolino. i was talking to her about um like that ensemble category like i was like well I think it should start this year because you know how I feel about the Moulin Rouge Ensemble. And so I was like, I would love for that to be a category. And we were talking about, like, this is probably about a year ago when we talked about this. And she was like, I think that without Ensemble, you don't have a show. So I absolutely don't see why that hasn't been put in place ages ago. And, like, it's true. Like, I just, I don't understand that. And you can make the, you can make the... You like you could make the argument of well, not every show has an ensemble. Yeah, well, not every show has a leading actor either. Exactly. Like Jagged Little Pill, for instance. Like my friend who she doesn't know much about like what's going on in the theater world. I know she hasn't been a theater major in a couple years, so she was like, "Wait, why did Jagged Little Pill get snubbed for like all the men?" And I was like, "Oh, it didn't." Like I was like, "There just isn't a leading man." I was like, "Cause it's mostly about like the women." And she was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Yeah." So that's why and she was like that makes sense and I was like, yeah and like that's the thing is like a lot of shows have like that's starting to become the norm i mean waitress like there wasn't necessarily a leading man like both of, like both of the main men were like supporting characters so i think mean, that that's the same argument you could make and so i think it's just 
don't, it just really bothers me. Like, because I love an ensemble number. I love mm-hmm. it. So they good. make a show. But yeah. Yes. Okay, so, best musical. We should probably discuss all the other things. Yeah, best musical. Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Rouge, and Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Uh, obviously, we saw all these three coming. I even think that in a non-COVID season, all three of these would be, they would make it. It's crazy. Like, all three, I think the three strongest shows opened at the beginning of the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I think Moulin Rouge is the biggest contender. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Moulin Rouge and Jagged Little Pillar are the two biggest contenders. I agree. Category. I agree. I think that those are the two that are going to be the most likely to win, like one of them. I don't know which I haven't seen Jagged Little Pill. I don't really know much about it, but like, I mean, I'm wholeheartedly going for Moulin Rouge to win, but that's mm-hmm. because I'm obsessed. <laughs> The thing, oh, also, fun fact, this is the first year ever where I've seen all three eligible musicals, so. That's so cool, though. Like, I wish that was me. I'm jealous. I mean, all it took was a trip in the summer and then a trip in January. That's true. See, that's that's my mistake was I was supposed to go over spring break, and then we had to move it to May, which obviously got canceled, so. I would have if I had done that. June, next June. Yeah. <laughs> Should things be open then? Now it's a birthday trip for my best friend. <laughs> but yeah, okay. But when it comes, okay. So then also, those being the three um, nominated for Best Musical, they're also nominated for Best Book of a Musical. And honestly, I. A lot of people. Honest, I. What? Say what you need to say. You know how much I love Moulin Rouge, but I think that sometimes the book is a mess. It's a, mel- you know it's a how very melodramatic about- show. Right, which I love, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's certain lines of dialogue really bother me. Like what? Not because they're like problematic or anything. <laughs> they just bother me because they make me uncomfortable. Like <laughs> what? Do you, know, do you not know what line I'm talking about? Like the main line that I'm talking about? No, so, I can't for think For anyone one. who hasn't for those who have not seen Moulin Rouge, there's a part um, in the middle of backstage romance when Christian and Satine are like pushed together in like her dressing room of sorts. Like it's like a makeshift like dressing room on stage. And Christian's like, can you come over tonight? She's like, I don't know, but do you have plans for us? And then he's like, please come if you can. I'm di- Why do I have this memorized? He's like, please come if you can. I'm dying without you. And she's like, you're hardly dying, Christian. And then he goes, I'm going to kiss you right now. And then kisses her. That has bothered me since Boston. <laughs> like, I have never, I went into this show loving every single second of it. I loved every piece of it. I loved everything about this musical. I still do. It's Except for that line. It <laughs> makes my skin crawl. I hate it. And oh all of God. my friends know this. And like, so like, I'll be watching like, there's like some bootleg out there. It's a really high quality like house cam footage bootleg thing. Oh. And I have, I like watched it with my friends and then we get to that part and I just like go, shut up, I hate this. <laughs> Every single time. From Boston or from Broadway? So anxious. Both. It didn't, oh, the house Both. camp footage is Boston. Okay, that being said, 
everything else about that yeah. show well, that, okay here's the thing that kind of works because the show is so melodramatic it's so campy yeah. that having lines of dialogue dialogue like that can work a lot of people True. have criticisms of jagged little pill because there are four three four different storylines going on you have oh god you have the thing is it to me i wasn't confused like i was fine i could follow right but that can get messy depending on the audience member like i think it's in yeah, theory so you is have, a messy situation so you have mj and her dealing so everything revolves around mj so you have her okay. dealing with an addiction and also dealing with trying to be like the perfect waspy mom in Connecticut, I think is where the show takes place. And so she's putting on this front. So she's doing that, but she's also dealing with like raising, putting expectations on her children and having to like manage those expectations as one daughter is dealing with her sexuality, which is one of Frankie's um, main storylines is her dealing with her sexuality and then that branches off into being like the I you adopted me but you wish you got like a perfect daughter you adopted like this whole thing so you're dealing with that and then you also have MJ dealing with her son and the fact that her son didn't do something he should have done like i don't want to give a spoiler away it's right and that that whole thing deals with katherine gallagher's character of bella and what what she's going through she only really goes through like one storyline actually but she is dealing with something that a lot of women have to deal with um unfortunately and and Derek klenna could have stopped it but he didn't and so, or I keep saying Derek Clinton. What is it? I can't remember his. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I just, do not remember <laughs> his character's name. I remember everyone else. That's not true. I don't remember the dad's name. I want to say it's Steve, <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um, I only remember the women's names apparently. And then, and then you have. So you have that happening, and then also he got into like Harvard, and he's trying to decide if he it is it is very complicated but it's it was simple for me to understand like it just kind of keeps going and i could keep up and then you have joe and joe is dealing with their sexuality as well trying to be the most authentic person they can be and joe's the non-binary character correct Definitely was non definitely was non-binary in Boston or Cambridge at ART. I they yeah. don't I don't recall them explicitly explain like saying actor, that. Yes, is Lauren Patton. Is okay. Okay. That's uh, what I thought. I couldn't And so I'm I try to be very like I'm trying to be as respectful as I can about the character because I know they also have like a non-binary understudy and yeah. it's a it's a whole thing that I yeah. I don't feel comfortable getting into because I am not as well versed or knowledgeable as I probably should be like yeah. honestly um so you're dealing with that and that's 
where Frankie comes in. It's almost kind of like a um, like a Valentine's Day or a New Year's Eve or uh, oh, he's just not that okay. into you kind of deal where everybody's storyline kind of okay. inner inner overlaps. And then okay. and you have the dad. So yeah, it, it, it can get complicated, but it I found it works really well. Also, it's Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. music, so it's great. Yeah. But so I'm, I feel I'm, like... With that show, I was actually... Like, I don't want to say I was surprised. I'm not surprised that Katherine Gallagher got a nomination. I was more... I'm proud of her. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm so her. I'm so proud that she was able to. Because I feel like in another like in a full season her character and how important her character is to a lot of young women might have gotten overshadowed absolutely yeah and i'm so proud that she was able to be nominated because i love her she's great she's amazing she's so she's so talented she is absolutely amazing and then still talking about book I'm sorry, I because I've seen all three of these, I feel like I can I yes. get a little long winded. But I was gonna Tina, say I was gonna say based on what you said about Tina, I don't think it's a good contender. I don't either. Tina Tina's book also, like every other Bio Jukebox musical, relies heavily on the music to right. get the fans interested. Um Right. Or at least I should say every Bio Jukebox musical that I have seen. But the performances were great. Right. Like or I should I, say the portrayals. See, I feel like that's a similar thing. That's a similar thing of what I've heard. I've heard very similar things from a lot of people. Like I've heard a lot of people say, if Tina doesn't get this book, it's not the end of the world. Because I think that a lot of the other parts of Tina are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the performance, I think Adrienne Warren's going to win. I'm just going to say that. Absolutely. I think Hands Adrienne down. Warren is going to win. Hands down, she'll win. She's phenomenal you know i love karen but i feel like adrian warren absolutely i always thought even so good even having karen in there i think that it still would have come down between her and elizabeth stanley oh yeah i think i agree i think that's that's a pretty fair thing to say like i let me see i'm trying to find another while we while you look i'm just on the tony awards instagram looking um Oh yeah, I have the variety. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think is so wild is this is so I'm looking at best original score, music and or lyrics written for the theater, and it's all plays. And I I looked this up, and I think this is the correct category. Sometimes the categories get confusing. Okay. Um, yes. This is the first time I think ever where a play will win this category. I yeah. Or is even not like I looked back. Twenty eighteen was the last time a play was nominated, and it was for Angels in America. Really. And every time before that, it's been. I kind of, then I kind of just like Google, like just scrolled and found just the winners, and it's been all musicals. Yeah. So this is going to be wild. Interesting. Sorry, I was like while I was on my phone, I was looking. Robin Herter posted about her nomination and I got a little like emotional um because <laughs> she's so amazing um I didn't even notice that like I never I don't think I even thought about it like I think I was so like my head was everywhere when these nominations were being announced like it was 
I know I was trying to like think of everything that was eligible yeah um, um then we have best direction of the musical and it's Tina Jagged Little Pill Milan Rouge or I should say Felinda Lloyd for Tina Diane Paulus for Jagged Little Pill and Alex Timbers for Moulin Rouge I think I think it's Alex Timbers I think he I absolutely agree I absolutely do and it's not just because I love Moulin Rouge so much I just think Alex Timbers is one of the most talented directors ever I think what he did the way he got everything together the way he directed the musical got everyone involved like the people involved everything I think it's phenomenal um I think it's so not that I don't love not that I don't love Diane Paulus and her and Jagged Little Pill but mm-hmm. it's it's very I don't want to say bare it's not bare bones but it, I'm more wowed by the spectacle that is Moulin Rouge absolutely and that's the thing is um when they were announcing direction, I kept going, Alex, Alex, Alex. <laughs> you trying to remember the last him. name and alphabetically? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, when are they going to announce it? Like, he's my, he is one of my favorite theater directors. I think that he is just so good. What's the last thing he directed? <laughs> like, Beetlejuice's. That's what I was thinking. Beetlejuice's last season. So he, like, he's really good at the spectacles. And I think that that is, so amazing because it's like when you have a sim- more simplistic show it's, it's i'm not gonna say easy because it is hard i know it's hard but it's like it's almost like you have less to deal with whereas like with a show like moulin rouge it's like you have all these like moving, moving pieces. everything is going there's so much going on all the time like backstage romance there is so much happening on stage at all times and chandelier also chandelier is like okay you know how much i love the direction of chandelier and how much i love i could talk about it for hours but like i just thought like i think based on chandelier alone he should win <laughs> i just love how he's about scene. i think it's so beautiful I think it's well so and then that, that ties into the next category which is best choreography sonia taya will win sonia taya sonia is it taya 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 yeah okay. sonia yeah. taya has to win i stand She's- by it i think that she she did every genre of dance in one musical. How often mm-hmm. does that happen? Never. Like, it's, she literally had tango. She had jazz. She had musical theater. She had, like, everything incorporated into one show. And that is so rare that I think that that means that she has to live. She throws Aaron Tveit across the stage. She threw Aaron Tveit across the stage. <laughs> She did that. Have you heard this story about like what happened the first time they tried it? No, tell me. So the first time they did it, I think that they said it was with Brant Martinez, who is phenomenal. But he was the tester for it because they were not about to just throw Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) They were not going to throw their lead actor across the stage. (laughs) So he was like, he, they talked about this like, it was a while, like this was a long time ago because like all the, press for this show happened so long ago but this was like a year ago at least but they were talking about it and he said that the first time he got to do it they didn't tell him what to do they just kind of were like we're gonna throw you like this is how it maneuvers and then you are thrown across the stage whatever and so they were trying it out in boston this is when they were trying out i think in 
I don't know if this was in the lab or not, but I'm pretty sure it was like pre-Boston, like it's pre-Boston trying out how this is going to work. Okay, like a rehearsal. And he said, yeah, so, and he said that they like were gearing him up, they were giving him money and everything. And instead of doing it how he does, it's just like he does his like arms. Like the like, slingshot. Out. Not like a Superman thing, but like, yeah. He did his arms to his side. <laughs> did he just soar? Did he just soar? Like a nerf ball. Said, like, I really want to know if there's like video footage of this. <laughs> I want to see it. Like the way he talks about it sounds so funny. But he said like he had his arms at his side like really tight, and they just like flung him across. <laughs> like I want to see this so bad. And then like the second he did it, Tony goes, "No, his arms <laughs> need to do something." <laughs> you can't just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't think it's one of like the funniest things I've heard to come out of this show. And like this show has had some crazy stuff happen in it, but that's one of the funniest things that I've ever heard. I thought it was so freaking good. Oh god. But I absolutely yeah, Sonia. think Sonia should win. She Sonia should, absolutely. Win. Hands who else down. Again? Um <laughs> I didn't even look at who else was nominated. Jagged Little Pill and Tina. Which yeah, I think I wasn't thrilled with the choreography. I mean, it's a lot of just, the thing. Okay, and this goes back into my. This is no. This is my thing with jukebox musicals, bio jukebox musicals. I need to be very specific. Bio jukebox (laughs) musicals. And this isn't to discredit anybody. This is just my opinions on them, and I will take credit for anything about what I'm about to say. A lot I have found that in a lot of bio jukebox musicals, it's more of just doing an imitation than it is caring about the book or the actual acting. Because I have found that a lot of actors and this isn't to discredit them at all, because they're doing a phenomenal job and listening to their director. They're putting a lot, and a lot of it is because of you have to put on a specific voice and you have to put on specific mannerisms. So you're doing more of that. And that's honestly what an audience wants. They want to see somebody yeah. And it's hard doing to do. that. It also is very, very hard to do. So like... But a I lot mean, of... A lot of Tina herself, the character of Tina, a lot of her dances are just based on what she did before and that's not to say that the ensemble isn't choreographed they are right but i don't know that's another reason why i have an issue with bio jukebox musicals um and i which is fair i feel like that's a good point though is like it is very 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 different to judge than because you're also judging an imitation Right. Rather than how well they're portraying the story. Right. Absolutely. And I find a lot of them like use that as a crutch. And I'm yeah. like, if you want to see somebody doing an imitation, go see a cover band. Yeah. And I and I feel terrible saying that, but that's and I've seen quite a few bio jukebox musicals, but that is how I have felt 
every time I've seen one. And that doesn't mean that in the future I won't give them a chance. I will. But that's why I'm more inclined to see a regular jukebox musical. Absolutely. Like, and that's the thing is, um, I think that when you're looking at it, the choreography is also, what are they judging for choreography? Is it the whole of it? So is it the ensemble and all the other stuff? Or is it just what your main focus is? And so it's like, what is it? Like, what's the criteria for any of this? And that's why I think I a lot like of... Also like, that's why I think, I truthfully, I think a lot of it does go into the ensemble because I'm thinking of um, 2000, I want to say 2012 with Newsies and when Christopher Gattelli won for Newsies, like hands down, he had to win for that because that choreography was amazing. amazing. But all of the dance numbers were full ensemble dance numbers. Right. Because <laughs> Jeremy Jordan didn't dance in that show. Uh, Kara Lindsay didn't really dance. I mean, she danced in King of New York. Um, Right, and uh, she, yeah, absolutely. But the main, the principal characters didn't really dance. Right. And it's also like, I love, I feel like it's just like more fuel for needing an ensemble category. category. Like, I think that that absolutely is just more fuel for why we need one. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so best choreography. Okay, so best orchestrations. Yeah. Um, we have Tom Kitt for Jagged Little Pill, which I love Tom Kitt. Who I adore. I love Tom Kitt. And then it's oh, a huge group of people for Moulin Rouge. It's it's Katie Crescent, Charlie Rosen, Matt Stein, and Justin Levine. Thank you. And then that's all for Moulin Rouge. And then for Tina, it's Ethan Pop. I, you know what I think. Well, the thing is, I also agree. I think the way that they orchestrated Moulin Rouge and were able to make all those songs work together, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, there was, who was it? Um, Someone did a takeover on, I think it was on the Moulin Rouge Instagram account. It's one of the violinists in the orchestra. And she did like a segment of Roxanne on Insta Stories. And oh my, just the violin alone was so beautiful. Like it's just, I think that, and I know it's like not original. It's not original music. But they reworked it so well that like sometimes it's honestly unrecognizable. Like sometimes that song, like those songs will actually come on the radio or something. And I'm like, that's not how this is supposed to sound. Like, I'm like, what is, what is it? Like, Chandelier. Like, I'll hear Chandelier and I'm like, where's Danny? Like, I'm like, why? <laughs> where's Danny and Jay? Like, I'm like, why are they not singing? Like, it's so funny. And like, I don't know. Like, I just, I think they're all just so stunning to listen yeah. to. I, I do too. I love it. And then Jack a Little Pill, Tom Kitt did the orchestrations in it. And, and Tom I Kitt's think amazing did- in everything. Here's the thing. Tom Kitt did the orchestrations for American Idiot, and I think that is the most beautifully reorchestrated, like, cast album I've ever heard in my life. You listen to the I've original Green Day to once or twice. Oh, yeah, I go like once or twice. I go through phases where I just need American Idiot in my life um, okay. because I love that show a lot. We sang the, like, American Idiot version of 21 Guns in choir at middle school. 
and that's a perfect <laughs> explanation of the way that sh- that was oh my god like an eighth grade choir saying 21 guns <laughs> it is perfection the way american idiot was reorchestrated and i'll re-watch broadway idiot and i'll there's a whole scene where they're where they bring in green day for the first time into the rehearsal room and that's the first song they do for them no no it's not uh sending all my love to you is the first song they Mm -hmm. did for them and you see michael mayer and tom kit going it's going to be a little weird but you'll when you get it you'll get it and then they're just sitting there and every and uh, like all eyes are on them and as john gallagher jr and everyone just sing the song like uh, baby josh henry's in that uh, in that cast and oh my god yeah alicia umfress like that cast was stacked and um it it's it's perfection so tom kitt i adore his orchestrations um but i do have to say moulin rouge is so good when it's orchestrated the way they were able to make it all fit I know, and it's like, and that's another thing as I talked about before, it's like 73 or 74 songs in a two and a half hour musical. The only way you could do that is with this team. That's the only way that that can happen. And this team is just, Justin Levine alone is one of the most brilliant people on the planet. Like he is so smart about everything that he does. And I think that the way he put these songs together is just so amazing. Like it's just, he did so good. <laughs> Justin Levine. I cannot speak well enough about Justin Levine. I think he is so freaking awesome. But it's, I definitely think Moulin Rouge is going to win that one. Absolutely. Um, next, is scenic design of a musical. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're going to sound like a broken record this whole time. <laughs> Moulin Rouge is so good. That was something from the top. When I walked into the Col- Emerson Colonial Theater, on July like 20th, 2018, I was blown away. And then when I walked into the Al Hirschfeld on July 15th, oh God, 2019, like, I was- I told my friend, I have reaction videos of me walking into the Emerson Colonial. So like I was sitting mezzanine for the Boston show. So I didn't get to see it from the orchestra in um, Boston. But I didn't care because I was like, I'm scared. That's all that matters. (laughs) But like, I have a recording of my reaction to seeing it for the first time. And like everything, like I will never forget it. Like it was just like the most stunning thing I had ever seen in my entire life. And it was just as stunning a second time when I saw it on Broadway. Like it was just so beautiful. And I always tell my friends, I feel the most at peace when I'm sitting in the like Al Hirschfeld Theater because it's just everything about it, the vibe of it, everything about it is so perfect that like I will never be as happy as I am <laughs> when I'm in the Al Hirschfeld. There was, I can't remember if it was a tweet or an Instagram post or if my friend said it, I can't remember, but somebody said, this is the red Taylor Swift sang about. And I was like, thank you for <laughs> being perfect. That's so good. <laughs> it's it truly is like this is the red Taylor Swift thing about, and I'm like, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, is yep. so good. Yes, it is. I love that. I and, and that's the, the way it, like my friend when I got to sorry go. Oh, I was just gonna say, Jagged Little Pill is great, and 
I can I can talk more about like Tina and like a certain aspect of Tina later. Mm-hmm. But the way Moulin Rouge extends into the audience and it makes you feel like you are a part of it. I think exactly. also has it really going for it. Because it's like you literally just walking through the teeny tiny lobby. Just walking through the lobby is like they redid the wallpaper, they redid some of like the carpeting. Like everything in this theater has been molded around this show. Like it is mm-hmm. so amazing. And like and it, you even see like the new like um what are the things on the wall called? They're not sconces, but like they're they're like sconces, but they're not like for lights. They're like I don't know what I'm talking about, but like there's like a whole bunch of things just everywhere, and then the cage, and the elephant, and the windmill. Like, are you kidding me? It's all just like, it's so perfect. And like my friend that I was so glad I got to take her to see this. I was so glad that this was like her one of her first Broadway shows with me. One reason I thought that was so special because we walked in and she just like grabbed my arm and she was like, "Yo," and I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> I was like, she was like, "Yeah." And she was like, because we had seen Waitress the previous night, which was her first Broadway show, which was so special to take her to see that too. But like, there was just something about seeing, like walking into that theater that is just so breathtaking. Like I literally, it just makes me feel so good. Like I, all of my anxiety goes away. I'm not stressed about anything ever. And I'm just like, this is the best place on the planet. I love it. <laughs> It's, and also it's they so redid good. it so there are can-can seats. Like they redid literally everything about the theater. <laughs> so that it, it's almost the can-can it's, can it's like it's like great comet light. Yeah, like it's like a half immersive show because even then it is still kind of immersive because like Danny talks to certain people in the audience. Like you have that immersiveness where there are ensemble members, like within the first few rows, they will sit there and they will interact with you during the show and I think that that's amazing in and of itself I think that's really special too yeah but the thing about Tina is the way Tina ends I think is so interesting because it ends kind of like at a Tina Turner concert and Mm -hmm. she walks up this like giant thing of steps and she's about to go so it's like you're backstage at the concert and she's about to go perform and then it lights up like Tina behind you, behind her, and she turns around and then she gives you a concert. And that part I think is really oh. interesting. And then there's like, there's screens that they put up so that you, like I was sitting in like the middle of the mezzanine or the middle of the balcony and you, I was like partially watching it on that, but tr- also trying to like watch her. P- part of me feels like screens are distracting in a theater. Um, I don't like screens in it. If they're showing what's on stage, it bothers me. Yeah, that's it. And so but how like what's that story? But that's but it's I don't it's <laughs> we won't talk about it. It wasn't nominated. It wasn't no. eligible. But the thing is, I'm not discussing it. it. It kind of makes you feel like it's a jumbotron, like you're at a concert, and so it makes no. sense Which that way. Right. And I think the way that was done, I think, is brilliant. I think that that's a little bit different than how, like, I don't want to discuss it, but then how West Side Story did it, where it's like, they're filming the show and you're, like, I don't like that, but I think that the way that Tina does it, the way you're talking about I think that's an interesting choice. I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I do. I do too. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is interesting. 
Um, what's next? Lighting design. design. We costume. Let's talk about costume. costume. I love costumes. Costumes are delicious. I love them. Yeah. Well, it, again, again, we will sound like a broken again. record. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Catherine Zuber has to win. Catherine Zuber absolutely has to win. The costumes in the show. For what it's nominated up against. Okay, here's the thing. Mo- uh, Jagged Little Pill. They have the same costume They're designer. They're clothes. Yeah. It, well, it's the same costume designer. They're like street clothes. It is the same costume designer from Dear Evan Hansen, and it looks like it's the same costume designer from Dear Evan Hansen. I didn't it know looks that, like they just recycled costumes. Well, no, it was my friend yeah. and I, we went to go see it, and at intermission, she like opens her playbill and she goes, Oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, What are you talking about? And she goes, I was wondering why the, like, it felt familiar. And my, the friend that I yeah. went with is a giant Dear Evan Hansen fan, has seen it yeah. more times than I've ever seen anything. And she was like, it has the same costume designer. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Because that one time when MJ is, like, in her workout clothes, uh, it's right. very much like Cynthia Murphy. Like, it, it's oh, it's yeah. very much, like, the same thing. I think I have a whole TikTok on it. Like, from, like, an I early, early it, yeah. TikTok. I think it's, like, my third or fourth TikTok about it. Um, I'm pretty sure you discussed this. But, like, costume design for, like, Catherine Zuber, every show she's ever done has been some of the best name them name the shows name all of them the first one I came to my head is my fair lady pretty those were pretty costumes um let me google Catherine Huber okay let me talk about Tina again so Tina the Tina musical Tina the Tina Turner musical again falls into my whole thing about about um, it's just you're replicating costumes that someone replicating, else made. Which was why I was so curious as to how Bob Mackie was nominated last year for Cher. For he just recreated point. his own stuff. That's a good, I didn't even think about that. That's a really. I mean, good everybody point. but Cher it works for, but like he just replicated his own stuff for her. So like for the main part of it, it's like yeah. But Catherine Zuber did. He's done. How to succeed in business with half words. How to succeed in business without really trying. She got a twenty for that. Was that the that was the two thousand eleven revival? Two thousand ten revival? I want to say yes. The Daniel Radcliffe one. I want to say yeah. I want to say yes, but it doesn't say. Um, woman on the we're talking about people who were snubbed that year. Oh God, South Pacific, which she won the twenty for. I believe that was the revival that was the, the Lincoln Center revival. Yeah. Kelly no, O'Hara, Matthew Morrison, Laura Osmond, Danny Burstein, Danny, Danny Burstein. Um, oh, my man, the Coast of Utopia. She won the twenty-four. Light in the Piazza. She won the twenty-four. Um, she's done so many things. Frozen, um, Little Women. And it seems to be very like, much like stylized like shows. It's very much she's, stylized shows. Like what My Fair Lady, so all the costumes are kind of like similar in like time right. period. Like it's very stylized. Right. And like what I think is so interesting is like with Moulin Rouge, they release a lot of behind the scenes stuff all the time. Like you're always getting like 
this is what it took to make this. Like they're literally releasing their docu-series on like the Lady M right now. And um, with, they released Catherine Zuber's like sketches very early on before their run even started on Broadway. And so like, I thought that was really interesting. And I think it's just so, I just, again, I love the green fairy costume. I think that is one of the most stunning pieces of anything I've ever seen ever in my like I think that's one of the most beautiful pieces of art <laughs> that I have witnessed in my life I think it is so beautiful and I love I absolutely love the scenes like heart corset is that am I thinking of the right thing or did, is that from Boston I could be thinking of something in Boston the red with like the it's black heart gray. yes that's what I think is. that's on Broadway I think that's also Broadway I think it is but it's like everything they're all so intricate designs they are all like so well thought out and they just work like they are just like so beautiful and on all body types like can we discuss that too how inclusive Moulin Rouge was about all body types like I think and it's the way Catherine Zuber did the costumes makes everyone look perfect everyone looks so good and I think that it's just like Everyone in that show is beautiful. I think that everyone in that cast is so stunning to look at. <laughs> but it's just so good. I love work. because it's so much dance. Oh my god! There's. Ugh. Wish that was me. I lost all my dance muscles. <laughs> all right, now we can move on to lighting design of a musical. Yeah. Um. So let me talk a little more. Tina. I'll talk about Tina. Tina. Okay. It's great. I think the way that they use lighting, I think it was very, very well done. Um, again, going into the way they, especially like the way it changes from like her concerts to her in life and the way they, mm-hmm. there's one part where they're like in, um, she's like going to a motel. There's, we all know Tina Turner has had a rough, go of it for part of her life and there's the way it was done I think was very well done especially that final concert number I think the lighting design is brilliant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jagged Little Pill I think is fine nothing nothing that I would write home about Jagged Little Pill all the photos and stuff I've seen like all the like production photos I've seen have looked so much like Jared and Handsome that sometimes I can't tell the difference between the two. That's fair. That's really fair. The photos all look like the same photos they took for Jared and Handsome. Like, that's real fair. And I hate to say that because I know that they are two vastly different things. I know that, but it's like, it feels like they're trying to be the same thing. You know? Well, I've always said- It's the way that they're being discussed. It feels like they're trying and I mean, I'm sure they want the same success as Jeremy Hansen because who doesn't? It's been, like it's had an amazing success, but like I don't like I just I, I can't tell the difference. I've always felt that Jagged Little Pill is it feels very much like Jeremy Hansen and Next to Normal. It gives both of those vibes. Yeah, and you know. And and I think people think more about Dear Van Hansen because it's, Cause it's so much more recent mm-hmm. and is playing and like, like and a that's block the thing away. Though, is, there's nothing 
And there's nothing wrong. Not with even. It's playing down the block. I think. I'm trying to think where the the Broadhurst. No, down the block is the majestic, but it's like what is it on the next street? Close. Yeah. Um, Either way. It's like there's nothing wrong with it being similar. I don't think that there's anything wrong with as long as like I stand by. I don't think there's anything wrong with as long as it's an accurate display of whatever it's trying to portray. Like that's like with next normal, it was so well done that. Like I, I love it, but it's just like it was so well done. But like, there's it's just so good. And then like Jeremy Hansen, for the type of anxiety that I have, I didn't feel it's like it related to me at all. But I think it does relate to. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot that of people can relate with to anxiety it. like that, right? And so, and I think that's important. I don't necessarily agree with parts of the story, but that's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a song that came right. on on my way home from the store. I'm like, this is why I didn't care for it this song alone this is the song that i'm probably thinking of. what song are you thinking of because the song i'm song thinking of is if i could tell her is a song that That's i like was like this this is the song that makes me dislike yes, the character of evan absolutely. hansen absolutely um but what was i saying uh jack little my then yeah, so it's like, as long as it's being accurately portrayed, I don't see anything wrong with it. So, you know, I haven't seen it, so I don't really have an opinion on it. But from what I've heard, it's very well done. So. I mean, there's the whole, I think the biggest thing that, so there were two parts of Jag Little Pill that I was like, whoa, actually maybe three. Let's, let's do three. Mm-hmm. So the first one is at the beginning of the show where you start to learn that MJ has an addiction issue. Mm-hmm. There's the whole number where they go backwards. It is visually stunning. It is something I... They go backwards through the entire scene they just did. All of the movements are perfect weight distribution i was thinking in my head i was thinking like last five years no no it's more like she just put her in you put everyone in reverse and but like the song is still go it is it was beautiful the way it was done like really the, the the weight distribution i think was done so perfectly because because you can go like like you're putting something into a bag mm-hmm. but, and that gravity is doing part of that but you have to like counteract gravity and act like you're taking it taking it out you can't just go like yeah. boom it was beautiful wow. so there's that awesome. and then there's a part where frankie runs away from home spoiler alert and she's like on a bus and it's it's done through screens but it's still beautiful the way it's done and she's singing like unprod unprodigal daughter and it's this whole thing it's perfect and then there's you ought to know and there's like a hard like like dark red light goes up and you just see joe do the song and i think it's very well done yeah i think that's really interesting like that's the thing is like i don't know much about it because it's just like 
I don't know if it's a musical for me, so I just haven't really looked into it as much. Um, but I do want to look more into that because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. So I do want to look more into it. Um, but then we have what's the next category that we have? We didn't even talk about Moulin Rouge lighting because I think it speaks for itself. Like, no, it's color. perfect. That's, you you get it. Look at we'll <laughs> we'll rave about Moulin Rouge until our faces turn blue. Uh, then what sound design. <laughs> sound design of a musical that's one where i'm just like i don't know enough about sound design like sound design the orchestrations sound design okay so i can talk a little bit about sound design but not enough because i don't really know a lot about it i know enough about it to have like a five minute conversation on it but i think that it's because like from the clips i've seen of tina turner or like tina the musical and like from what i've seen of moulin rouge Sound design is really hard. I feel like that's a weird thing to judge because it's like, what are you judging exactly? You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I think it could go to anybody. I'm gonna be realistic. I think that sound design at any, in any year could go to just about anybody because like doing live theater sound design is so much different than sound design for like a movie where it's like, you know who should with for a movie versus with a musical, you don't really know. Like it's like, I think it could go to anybody because <laughs> like I I don't know um but sorry, yeah. so let's let's skip over that because we don't really know okay but yeah I don't know I that. just I just want to again mention that Audrey McDonald could win her seventh Tony Award this year and I love yeah. that for her. She's up against I think it's amazing she's up against oh I don't want to butcher this name uh, Joaquina Kalakongo, Laura Linney, and Mary Louise Parker. Which are all and amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's amazing. Everyone is phenomenal. That's the problem with the plays this year, is I feel like it is so stacked. Like this year for plays of, in all these categories, it is so stacked because everyone's so amazing. Something I always really think is so interesting about the play categories uh, when it comes to the acting ones is there's always like a movie star in the category because because a lot of movie stars love to do broadway when they don't have movies going on because they're like this is easy this is just like it's they're like, like, like let college me college acting class they're like let me return to my roots yeah it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like how it's kind of like how um though they did not need to financially uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Jim Parsons would always return to Broadway in the summers during their hiatuses from their shows, or like how Lori Metcalf does also. Like Lori always, loves the Broadway show. That woman. Mm-hmm. There was like there was an interview. I think she was doing Annie Cohen's Watch What Happens Live. He asked her like, "Oh, would you ever want to do a musical?" She's like, "I would, but I can't sing." Like she always is like, I love, love that for her. Cool, but I can't sing, and I'm like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so the leading actor in a play category is stacked with movie stars. <laughs> you have Jake Gyllenhaal, Tom Hiddleston, Blair Underwood, Tom Sturridge. Tom Sturridge. It is, and then also you have Ian Barford Barford. and Andrew Burnap. But yeah. this is stacked with movie stars. It literally, and you I know was, what? I'm going to be honest with you. 
from like little things I've seen and like from what I've heard, I think it's gonna go to Jake Dill. Oh, probably. Jake Dill and House Phenomenal. You know what's interesting though is for Betrayal, was he nominated for like featured role? No, I don't know. There was a what's his face? What's his name? The other guy that was in Betrayal, I can't remember his name. The other, the other Marvel guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he, why not he nominated? That seems odd. Like, that's a little weird. I have seen one of these actors, at least one of these actors. I saw Blair Underwood do Trip to Bountiful. Oh, my God. This must have been six years ago. It was him wow. and Vanessa Williams and Cecily Ooh. Tyson and Journey Smollett-Bell. It was oh, so good. Amazing. Blair Underwood is so good. Okay. So feature. I'm going to go to Jake Gyllenhaal, though, just because you know theater people love Jake Gyllenhaal. You love Jake Gyllenhaal. You know Shane Gyllenhaal is on the board at uh, New York City Center? Like, he's one of the board of directors for New York City Center. Good Mm -hmm. for him. I love Love that for him. him. He's awesome. He loves the arts. Um, And then. An actor in a featured role. Let me find that one. Actor in a featured role. Is it Addo Blankenwood? I don't want to butcher these names. I don't want to butcher them either. Um, Addo Blankenwood? I don't want to be disrespectful. Like this is I don't want to either. Um, James Kusami Moye? Moye? I don't know. I just got out of David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer. I love him. John Benjamin Hickey and Paul Hilton. I've heard mixed things about the inheritance. Um, so I don't, I don't know much about the inheritance. I read it once, like a year ago. Um, David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer was my uh, daddy Warbucks in Annie at the Hollywood Bowl. Really? He was daddy Warbucks. He was so good. Daddy Warbucks. (laughs) He was so good. I, I'm gonna tell you this right now because, like. I don't think either of us saw like any of the plays. No, <laughs> I don't see a single one. But I fully want play play this week. Um, just because it's so, it deserves it. It needs to be. Um, that's the first time actress in a featured role, Jane Alexander for Grand Horizon. Shalia, Shalia Latour, I think, for Slave Play. Andy McNamara for Slave Play. Lois Smith for The Inheritance and Cora Vanderbroek for Linda Vista. I didn't. I don't even know what Linda Vista is. Like Linda Vista um, was. Um, oh my God! I know who wrote it. I know who wrote Linda Vista. I know who did it. Oh, they did a. Um, they did a uh, a production of it at the Mark Taper like a year ago. I don't think a lot of people liked it. I oh, could be wrong. <laughs> It was. Um, um, I want to say it was Tracy. It was Tracy Letts in it. Linda Vista. Nominated play. for. Hold on. My thing is, yeah, it's a Tracy Letts play. Um, okay. who did I see? Who was in it? I I only I think I only heard from one person that they didn't care for it. Oh, okay. to find out who was in it. Uh, yeah, January 9th to February seventeenth, two thousand nineteen was when it was at the taper and it um in oh yeah ian barford was in it 
and Tim oh, Hopper, yeah. Sally Murphy. Oh, and Corey Vanderbroke was also in it. So I'm assuming they just took yeah. that entire cast and went to Broadway with it. Love that. Um, Best Phoenix event of a play. Derek McLean could win two Tonys this year. <laughs> Let me find it. Hold on. Because Best Phoenix Design, we have Bob Crowley for The Inheritance, Dutra Gilmore for Betrayal, Rob Howell for Christmas Carol, Derek McLean for Soldier's Play, and Clint Ramos for Slave Play. So Derek McLean potentially could win two Tony Awards this year in two different categories. <laughs> and I love that for him because he's amazing. Um, well, that was like Jeremy Pope last year. That's true. Oh. The most beautiful man alive. I love that man more than anything. Um, costume design, Aite, I think is how James Monroe Eagleheart pronounced it this morning. I'm not listening to chart, but I think that's how I pronounced it. Um, is nominated for both Slay Play and The Soldier's Play. Uh, Bob Crowley for The Inheritance, Rob Powell for Christmas Jones, St. Ramos for The Rose Tattoo. And then lighting design, I'm going to butcher Let me find it. Oh, no, it's not in here. Mm-hmm. That that didn't get its own bubble for me. Yeah. Um. But let's just talk about. Did we already talk about lead actress in a musical? If not, let's talk about we it again. Did? I think we let's talk about did. it again. Adrian Warren okay. will win. Adrian Warren Adrian absolutely will win. She'll win. She'll win. She has. Well, because here's the thing. Just like how I felt about Aaron today, mm-hmm. I love Karen Olivo as an actress. I think she's great. Absolutely. It's a very melodramatic role. I do not think she will win for this. I do I love think her that it. So much, though. I need that I, to be said. I love Karen Olivo. <laughs> I, I truly feel this comes down to Elizabeth Stanley and Adrian Warren. And I think Adrian Warren will win. I think, I think she deserves it. I think the amount of energy and just her all that she puts out there is phenomenal. Not that Elizabeth Stanley doesn't. Elizabeth Stanley absolutely does the same. But I think, I don't know. There's just something phenomenal about all of all three women. But there's Absolutely. like something about Adrian, Adrian Warren. Just, Warren is just, she's amazing, and she was nominated. She's been nominated a couple, once or twice before, because she definitely was nominated for Shuffle Along. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But I think that this would be wouldn't this be her first win? It would be. She didn't win for Shuffle Along. Yeah, which she deserves. It. She's amazing. Karen Shuffle Lilo, I will say this. I think that Karen is just so amazing like i could watch kennelly road do just about anything and i would be very into it like i just i love watching her do just about anything but i think it's the same thing you said like with Aaron Spade, i think that i don't think this should be the role that she went before well she already has one so exactly and i think but i think that this should not be a role that she wins another one for yeah like i do adore watching that woman and I'm grateful I got to see her twice. I think that she is just so good as the team. I love all the teams. I need to put that out there. Amber Ardolino, Ashley Loren, I love all the teams. They're all amazing. But I'm grateful <laughs> I got to see Karen twice. 
Karen on her birthday last year, actually. That was really fun. That's exciting. Yeah, she like did when, like an Instagram live like a week before I, or like two weeks before I was seeing it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see you on August 7th. And she's like, that's my birthday. Come hang out with us. And I was like, I'm going to. <laughs> I saw Patty Lapone in war paint on her birthday. Why did you one up me so hard? <laughs> Patty Lapone, well, here's the thing Patty Lapone's birthday is the day before mine. So I was in New York. Oh, okay, that and it's what it's that trip that I saw war paint and bandstand and comet, but yeah, Adrian Warren's gonna win, and then obviously Erin Tveit's gonna win. <laughs> we don't even talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, but I could but go on about it for hours. Okay, uh, best performance by an featured actress in a role. featured role in a musical: Catherine Gallagher, Celia Rose Gooding, Robin Herder, Robin Lauren Patton, <laughs> and Myra Lucretia Taylor. Oh my god, this is a stacked category. It's, it's stacked. Oh <laughs> this it's was the so category exciting. I was most excited about. I was so amped for this category. My friend was like, can you send me your reaction video to this category? Because it was so, it's so powerful. And I was like, yes, I will send it to you. And it's just like, I, these women are also, like everyone in this is amazing. All these actresses are so phenomenal. I don't even, I don't even know. This is a rough one. I know, because I want to say, I think it's going to go to somebody from Jagged Little Pill. It's going to go to one of those three. As much as I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to Robin That poor woman who put her entire body through so much for that show. And I think I want her to win so bad because she was just such a beast in Moulin Rouge. Like, She's the perfect Nini. No one else can play Nini. I'm sorry, but she's just, I mean, Jodie McFadden, I'm so sorry. I keep like saying that as if like there aren't like standbys and other studies, but like the best original Nini that there could be is Robin Herter. She is mm-hmm. so good. I, the fact like, but I do think that it is, and I agree. And the thing is, I think it is gonna go to one of the women from Jacket Little Pill. I agree. I think it's going to be Lauren Patton. If I had to bet on somebody, it'd be Lauren Patton. But I would not be surprised if it went to Sally Rose Gooding. I think it, yeah, I can see that. I remember I made, I made a TikTok a while ago when I was like, oh, now that the Tony Awards are apparently actually happening, here's who I think will win. And I said that, um, I had all of these except... I didn't have Robin Herter. I had Sky um, Turner. Sky Turner, I want to say mm-hmm. her name is, uh, from the the one who played like Baby Tina, and has the voice that is unheard of. Like it is wild. Yeah, amazing. Um, it is. It's so good. Uh, and I was like talking. I, so anyway, so I said this, and I said something about Catherine Gallagher, and she commented on it, and she was like, "Well, thank you." And I was like, "Sweetest." Catherine Gallagher just like she was amazing. On TikTok. <laughs> I adore her. She's awesome. Okay, anyway. should we discuss actor in a featured role in a musical? Because I'm very excited about this category too. <laughs> All right, let's talk. So we have Danny Burstein, Derek Klenna, yeah. Sean Allen Krill, Sat and Gaja, yeah. and Daniel J. Yeah. Watts. I, okay, I need to discuss something though first. This is going to sound so Go. petty. This is going to sound so freaking petty. I am so heartbroken that Pam and Ricky were snubbed this year 
Tamutu is amazing in Moulin Rouge. I think he is so good in Moulin Rouge. And Ricky Rojas, if you're listening to this, the thing is, is one of the most incredible voices on the entire planet. And yeah. I would die for him in a heartbeat. You can't have every single, I mean, you could have I'm every single American. person in. <laughs> what did he say? Okay, you can't have every single. Thank you. Okay, he said thank you to the Tony Witch for this nomination. Barely have words. I am beyond grateful, elated, and honored for our show, for all the shows, for all the people who work in the incredible industry. And he said every single day, live theater is a beautiful gift. That's the mm-hmm. best thing he could have said. He's amazing. Are you kidding me? He's oh, awesome. good for him. I'm so That's proud. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. Me too. Um, uh, anyways, back to our discussion about what, are, what was I saying? Oh, you can't have every single nomination go towards the same show. Like, you could, I but, know like, don't. <laughs> I know that, but it's just, like, oh, you know how much I love Ricky Rojas. I think he is just... I'm honestly amazing. kind of surprised they didn't bump Daniel J. Watts up to lead. Really? Like... Okay, so back in 19... Way back before even I was born, and I'm old. (laughs) Back in 1985, they... So for lead actress in a musical, they... So they cut three categories. Leading actor, leading actress, and choreography. Because the... 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 American Theatre Wing said, y'all are mediocre. But there was only one (laughs) eligible person for lead actress. And they... Uh, ultimately bumped her down to featured, but she still won. Oh, oh my God. Let me find her name. Let me find her name. Cause I'm going to, she needs to have her name said. While Um, you're looking for that, I'm going to discuss Song Gauza. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. He is one of the most powerful artists. I have gotten the pleasure to witness on stage twice now. I think that he is just one of the most incredible artists I've ever seen. He, and as someone, someone in the cast was talking about, it was either Ricky or Aaron or someone, I don't remember who, but someone was talking about how he is so method, but only in the sense that it's between the 20 minutes before he goes on till 20 minutes after, he is just like, he is Toulouse-Lautrec for like four hours a night. Like that's <laughs> his entire being. And I think that's so incredible because I think that he, very much is like a modern day Toulouse with Trek and Like I think that Song Gauja is just such like a powerful artist that he was cast so perfectly as Toulouse with Trek. I just think it works so well. Like I think that he is phenomenal in this role. I don't think I think he deserves everything. I do too. And the thing is, is he's the one who when I went to stage door in Boston, he was the one who was like, you know, we're going to New York next summer. Like, nothing had been announced, but he was just like, yeah, you know, we're supposed to go to New York next summer. And I'm just like, are you? He's also the person that I said, he's also the person that I said, you know, I've never seen Moulin Rouge, the movie. And he's like, oh, you have to. And I'm like, but I love, like, what I just witnessed so much. Why do I want to sully it? And he's like, fair. He's got a point. Like, that's the thing that you know I love the movie. I adore the movie so much. It's like, once you see the musical, you can't watch the movie the same again. Like... I don't know. There's something about it. I still adore the movie, but I'm just saying the music's pretty freaking amazing. Danny Burstein is ah, 
the most talented person I've ever had the pleasure to witness on a stage. Yeah, same. She's one of like the most amazing people ever. And I love him as Harold Bibbler. I think that he is so perfectly cast as Bibbler. Oh, absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong. Was it Jonathan Broadbent played him in the movie, I believe? And Jonathan Broadbent was fantastic in the movie. Like, just absolutely embodied Harold Bibbler. But then it was like, once I had an idea of who Bibbler was based on the movie, I was like, okay, well, who's playing him, you know, like, in the musical? Like, when they first announced, like, the lab event. And then they were like, I don't think they announced who, like, everyone that works in the lab, though. So I think it was, like, before Boston when they announced the cast. And I thought it was going to be Danny Burton. I was like, oh, yeah, like, no one else could do it. Like, who else did they have cast other than Danny Burton? Like, he is just so good as Harold Zidler. I love it. And again, I think we talked about it last week when I said Danny Burstein seems to just really love the craft and the fact that he'll go from leading a show to to being a featured to replacing someone to going back to being a featured I think is very admirable and shows that he truly loves what he does and I think he needs to win in this role I want him Derek, to win so bad. Derek Klenna is good in Jagged Little Pill. Everyone's good in their roles. I just yeah, have this weird like, thing. Everyone's amazing. With, I just have this weird thing with Derek Klenna where it's like, I know too many people who know him and his family. <laughs> just because of like where we both grew up. So, so it's like weird dreams. Like it, we're, it's like one degree of separation. I'm like, I don't need this right now. <laughs> right. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then Sean Allen Krill, he's good. I, I don't know if, you know, you ever have those categories where like, I'm not sure if your character warrants a nomination, let alone a win. Yeah. And I am talking about um, the character of Yitzhak in Hedwig and the Angry Inch and the 2015 uh, revival. 2015? 2015. 2014. I want to say it's 14 because I saw it in 2015 and she was not Yitzhak in it. And then I saw and then I was like, oh, maybe it was just like her, like her performance in it. And then I saw and then like a year later I saw her in it. I'm like, I do not think the character warrants a nomination. Um, But that's my opinion. Lena Hall was great in Hedwig, but it's like the character. But whatever. Uh, yep. And that's, but that's kind of like how I feel about. I mean, the character that I, I want to say his name is Steve, but I could be wrong. Uh, Healy in Jagged Little Pill. He is very much like a Dan in Next Normal, a Dan Goodman kind of yeah. just like trying to keep the family together, kind of deal. Like definitely living on a latte and a prayer. Sorry, I'm like, I'm such a psychopath. I'm sorry. I was reading, they like interviewed Aaron about his Tony Nom and he never once mentioned himself. He never said anything about it. He, the first sentence was, it's a huge honor and I'm so grateful to be nominated. Everything else is about everyone else that he works with. And I think that's great. I think mean, that is so nice. 
That is great. That is nice. We stand. That never happens. Usually it's like 10 seconds feel on them as a person. And then it's like, I can't believe this happened for me. I'm so excited. Yes. And I'm like, that's nice. That's a nice thing to say. Anyway. Also, his birthday's in like a week, isn't it? It is the 21st. Is the 21st the 22nd? 21st. Because my I, and Evan's friend anniversary is the 20th. <laughs> and I always remember Aaron's birthday is the next day. Oh my god. So then we could just say, oh, his and his birthday and Patty Lapone's birthday are half birthdays of each other. Because I'm are garbage. They? Well, her birthday is April 21st and his is October 21st. Classic. I love that. Classic. Anyway. I think that's it. Daniel J. Watts. We went through pretty much, we went through the bulk of it. Daniel J. Watts is uh, Ike Turner. I mean, he's not playing a very good guy. So. But that makes sense. Listen, I love a villain. I love a terrible person. I love watching villains. I love it. I think they are the most interesting characters. Why do you think I'm such a whore for the Duke in Moulin Rouge? I think that he's the most interesting character in the entire show. I mean, uh, if you don't, like, if you think about Moulin Rouge without the subplot of Christian possibly running from being a murderer in America, the Duke what? is objectively the most interesting. You don't know about What? Katie. What? They talked about this. Yeah. So at the AOL Am I dumb? Country, like, why don't I know this? I think you just don't pay attention as much as I do. I think that that's what it Probably. is. Probably. So, like, at the, at the AOL, there's a hair. At the AOL Build series, like, last summer-ish, maybe last fall, they had Alex Timbers, Justin Levine, and Aaron. I mean, those three people. And they were all just, like, talking about the And they asked, like, what changes were made that, like, they wish had stayed and, like, that kind of thing. And so, like, obviously, shake it off came up in the conversation because R.I.P. Shake It Off. Love Wait, no. Shake It Off. Shake It Off. Shake It Out. Shake It Out. Sorry, Shake It Off is Taylor Swift. That's what it, that's the thing is I always get the That's what I get confused to. I'm like, what's the actual name? Shake It Off is Taylor. Um, yeah. Um, but like that one obviously came up in conversation because that's a very much missed song <laughs> in Moulin Rouge because it's an amazing theme. And then he talked about how in the lab, um, there was like this subplot, like a character plot with Kristen where he was running from committing a murder. In Lima, Ohio. Which, well, and that's the thing, is if you really think about Kristen and like the things that he goes through, it makes sense. Like, honest to God, if you really think about it, everyone thinks I'm insane for thinking this still makes sense, but I fully think it's makes sense. Because why else would his first gut reaction to being heartbroken be like, I'm gonna go kill someone, I'm gonna go get a gun really quick and go murder someone or myself. Like, what? Oh, what during that crazy one? During crazy yes. one? Okay, sorry. Yes. I was like, sorry about the spoiler alert. I'm so, I just assume everyone knows this story. <laughs> like, I don't assume like, everyone so like, knows this story. Like, so you think spoiler alert for Les Mis. <laughs> Based on something that happened a billion years ago. I snapped trying to do a bunch of videos of me reacting to Les Mis and like I was sending them to other people and I was like, guys, can you please they die? And I was like, oh, spoiler alert. And I was like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, that's the Tony Awards for 2020. I forgot what year it was. Honestly, I don't blame you. 